We are learning <coughs> Dav Chav. Uh, we're starting from the bottom of Yud Tes on the base. So, what occurred in the in the Mishnah? We were talking about the different hierarchy for the levels of keeping things tar. So we explained that you have Chulin, you have Meiser, you have Kodesh, you have Truma, you have Kodesh, and then you have uh, water that's being prepared for the Paraduma. Those are the those were the levels. And we said there are different levels that are important. Like for example, someone going to the mikvah with a certain das, he's intending to eat. So if he was only planning on eating chulin, that's why he went to the mikvah because he wanted to eat chulin in b'tahara. So he can't eat meiser. If he intended to eat meiser, he can't eat truma. So on and so forth. A different thing was that the begadim of an amarit are assumed to be automatically tame uh, for someone who's trying to eat his, his chulin b'tahara. If someone who's eating his chulin b'tahara, his garments are automatically assumed to be tame for someone who's eating truma. So on and so forth. So Amar Amar Ishmamina, we can tell from the way that the Mishnah made this list, Chulin Shanasar Al Tahar Sakodesh Kekodesh Dama. That if there's Chulin that's being made, literally being prepared, it's Nasa, it's being made or prepared with the standards of Kodesh, it's treated like Kodesh. So what in the world is this talking about? So this throws us into something. It's a complex idea. It's, it's almost like where custom becomes law. It comes from the Gemara Mesachas Chulin, where people. They used to observe the laws of purity when they had ordinary chulin as if pretending it was Kodesh. So what does that mean? When you have the raw laws of regular food purity, so, so a food can become tummy from an av or rishon, it would be a rishon then. Um, if a, a food can become tummy from an av, I'm sorry, then the food would become a rishon. If a rishon latoma would touch a food, it would become a sheni. But more than that, there's no such thing in Tomas Ochlan. By truma, something can become a shlishi, and by Kodesh, there's the concept of becoming a ravi. But in regular chulun, there's no such concept. Regular chulun can't become a shlishi and certainly not a ravi. But people wanted to be very vigilant and very careful about the laws of Tum and Tahara. So by custom, they started saying, we're going to keep the laws of Tum and Tahara on our regular chulun, pretending as if it was Kodesh. And the reason they did that is because it gets them into routine. It gets them into the habit of being extra strict and vigilant. And it protects even as if it would become Tameh, if it would up to Ravi, even though it can't. But then it protects as if when the next time they had Kodesh in the house, where it could become a Ravi, they'd be careful. So it gets people into the regular routine of keeping the higher standards. So the question is, is that binding? If you have Hulin in your house that you're keeping in the laws as if pretending it was Kodesh, is it really treated like Kodesh in the standards or is it not? So our Mishnah in its hierarchy didn't mention this. It just went from Hulin, Meiser, Truma, Kodesh. It didn't mention Hulin, Shanasar, Otarsa, Kodesh. It could have had a level in and of itself and said that let's say I have Hulin, um, let's say I have the, 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 the garments of someone who eats Hulin, Betahara, but he doesn't necessarily treat his Hulin like Kodesh. He's not he's as vigilant. So maybe his garments should be treated Tameh for someone who eats his Hulin with the standards of Kodesh. How come the Mishnah didn't make that another level? Must be that the law is that someone who keeps their chulin al-taras al-kodesh, it is like kodesh. So the Mishnah said kodesh. That was part of, that was that the, high, the, high, the second to highest point in the hierarchy. So therefore, it's just included in the category of kodesh. So the Gemara says, Mimai, what's your proof to this? Your proof is because it doesn't make its own level. There's no separate level. It doesn't say that the clothing of the Purushim who are eating their chulin betahara is tamay for those who eat their chulin with the standards of kodesh. It must be treated like kodesh, and therefore it's not a separate level because it's part of the level of kodesh. Says the Gemara, that's not a proof. Maybe the reason why there's no separate level for them. Maybe it's not like Kodesh. It's not halachically binding to be like Kodesh. Maybe it's either treated on the level of Truma or it's not binding at all and it's treated like Hulin. So that's why it doesn't say it. So if it says, if you wanted to be in the level of Truma, it said Truma. If you wanted to be in the level of Hulin, it said Hulin. As we learned in a Mishnah that there's such a dispute. 
If you have chulin that was prepared on the level of standards of Kodesh, the Tanakhama says it's treated like ordinary chulin. It's just a custom that you have to treat it like Kodesh. But halachically classified, there's no, nothing different. It's treated like the level of Truma. So well, the Gemara in the premise before now was assuming that if it wasn't like Kodesh, then it would be like its category unto itself. It would be like in between chulin and Truma, you know, somewhere in the middle. The Gemara is responding, no, if it's not treated like Kodesh, then it could be ordinary chulin or it could be treated on the level of Truma. But either way, it's not going to be a level to itself. And this is just like, again, the concept here is a little bit hard to wrap your head around. We know there's, there, there's chulin, there's maestro, there's Truma, and the Kodesh. But now we have chulin that we're pretending as if it is Kodesh. In other words, chulin that we're keeping on the standards of Tara as if it was a Kodesh. And the Quran wants to know with that custom, this, this, this idea where we're trying to keep it with the standards of Kodesh, what is binding in halacha because of that? Is it now treated like it has a din of Kodesh? It actually gives makabal or revi and so on and so forth. And therefore, it's just part of the dinam of Kodesh in the Mishnah. Or is it really like chulin? Or is it like Truma? And what the Gemara is doing before is that it would be a category unto itself. All of these are different possibilities. So now the Gemara tries to make a different proof. Elami Seva, look at the Seva. Yosef and Yosef, with mission at the end said, Yosef and Yosef was the most pious of all the Kohanim. Yet his napkin was considered Tomei Medrash, Klape, somebody who ate Kodesh. He was careful to eat all of his chulin according to the standards of Kodesh. So that's mamish like our thing. Whenever he ate chulin, he treated it as if it was the standards of Kodesh. And his napkin was still considered to be metrics for someone who was going to handle the chatas water. So the chatas in, the implication is that for this last case of Yochum and Gudah, who was Ochol Taras Kodesh, so his, his, medri- his, his cloth napkin was measured for those who were handling the chatas water, but the Kodesh low. But it was fine for the people who are, who are touching Kodesh meat. The reason is, is because since he was observing his chulin, Altaras HaKodesh, he was keeping his chulin with the standards of Kodesh. So it's like Kodesh. It's in the category of Kodesh. Now that it's in the category of Kodesh, so therefore, for somebody else who was going to eat from the carbon, somebody else who was going to eat Kodesh, it was good. It was the same hierarchy. It was in the same level. That's the proof. Because if it wouldn't be that way, let's say Chulun Shana Sa'atar Kodesh, really halakhically, it's just a custom that you have to treat it so strict. But it's not classified as Kodesh. It's really classified as Chulun. So then this guy's cloth napkin that he already had, always had is Chulun Shana Sa'atar Kodesh. It should have still have been Tameh for those who eat Kodesh. Must be, no. Chulun Shana Sa'atar Kodesh is Kodesh. And therefore, his cloth napkin is not Tameh at all for those who are eating Kodesh. And therefore we conclude with Araya, uh, we conclude with Araya that Kulin Shanasa Otaras Kodesh is in fact treated like Kodesh. The custom is now binding an halacha to become part of the category of Kodesh. If you always keep your chulin with the standards of Kodesh, it's treated in the same level of Kodesh. And therefore the, the, the napkins, the clothing of the people who do such a thing are considered good for the people who are in the category of Kodesh. All right. Now, in order to understand the next Gemara, we have to know a very important halacha. That when you have something tar, if it becomes tameh, right? If you see it become tameh, it becomes tameh. But there's an extra chiddush of something called hesachadas. Hesachadas is that you have to guard it from become tameh. And if you even just divert your attention from it, you're not watching it, you're not guarding it, you're not noticing whether or not what happens to it. Even if it happens for just one moment that you divert your attention from what's going on to the, to the item, they become tameh, even though you have no idea about whether in fact something became tameh. You don't know whether something Tameh touched it. Now, this is usually a din we assume to be only in Kudshim. Kudshim is so holy, it's so like strict, that we assume that there's such a, you know, such a high level that if you don't watch it, you're not vigilantly guarding it, then any Hasa whatsoever can make it Tameh. And what we're going to be exploring here in the next Sugya 
is what's the concept? Is it that if you, it's like a din that now you're actually scared as Tameh, you know, if you didn't watch it, maybe something Tameh touched it. Or is it more, that might be what's behind it, but the concept actually takes on a, like a life unto its own, where there's just a psul, it's chal, this disqualification because you weren't watching it. Since you should always be watching it to make sure it doesn't become Tameh, so the very fact that you didn't watch it is like a disqualification in it. Not so much practically, no, oh, I'm scared it's Tameh, but even more than that, even on the side, it's still dark, but it's just, it's, it's disqualified because of the fact that you, that you hadn't been watching it the way you probably should have. So now the Gemara throws us into some of these concepts of Hesach Hadas. Amara, it's very hard to relate. We don't have Tomen Tahar. It's like, can you imagine having to watch everything in your house and like constantly having Shomer and guards and this and that? Amara, if you don't have Tomen Tahar, let's say somebody's like, um, like a, 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 a shawl or like, you know, like a, a garment of sorts that comes easily off, it falls off and you're a parish, you're somebody who's trying to keep all your stuff clean, tar, and you're, the shawl falls off. I'm going to say to his friends, Tanali, you give it to me. So instead of me picking it up myself, I tell my friend, you go get it for me. Unisanala, your friend gives it to him. Tamea is considered Tamea. Really interesting, because since it wasn't in the, position, the, the possession of the person who was originally watching it, so it's a hasachadas. Because when I told him to pick it up, as opposed to me picking it up, so I was mesiachdas. I just gave it to him to give to me. And now since I told him to give it to me, that's a level of hasachadas. And therefore, it has to be assumed that it's Tamei Klape Kodesh. Now, this is a really big Kodesh. I mean, why can't I watch it when he was picking it up, right? What's this idea? He picked it up, so it's Tamei. I mean, what's going on? The Gemara is going to challenge this. We're going to have a hard time understanding it. The next halacha, let's say your shop is closed, got mixed up with your weekday clothes, and then you put them on, meaning you're trying to take your, your weekday clothes out, and then suddenly you realize, hey, that's my Shabbos suit, and you put it on. Nitzmu, we assume that they're Tameh. Again, the same thing. If you are, I mean, not the same thing, but similar, that if you're, if you're guarding something with one assumption, and then you discover it to be something else, it's not considered guarded. You have to know what it is while you're guarding it, which again, seems bizarre. Who cares if I know which suit it is? But the bottom line is, I was guarding it. What's the difference? If I thought it was the weekday one, it turns out it was really the Shabbos one. Why, why is that called Hesach Hadas? I, I didn't have the right, I wasn't cognizant of it. I wasn't, I wasn't aware that the weather was becoming Tamer or Tar. I was guarding it. What's the difference? It was weekday, it was Shabbos. What's the difference? Says the Gemara, third thing, There was a story with two women who were Chaveros. Chaveros means that they were careful with Toma and Tahar. They, they mixed up their clothing. So one woman took the other woman's clothing. The story came from Rikiva for Psak. And Rikiva said it's Tameh. So the Pashup shot is they weren't aware that they exchanged it. So, so, so at, the, at the moment, um, they were guarding the Caleb thinking it was their own. They were guarding it, but they were thinking it was their own. And then it was a mistake. They realized it's really their friend. And it seems to be, it's Tameh, because the same idea, very hard. But if you don't know what it is that you're watching, you have a mistake about what it is, you think it's yours and really it's your friend's, then it's not a Shemira. So these are three very extreme ideas. And each of them are very hard. And the Gemara is going to challenge them. The first one was where I tell my friend to pick up there's something that fell and he picks it up for me. That's a Hasachadas because I wasn't the one. I told him to pick it up as opposed to me. The second case where my Shabbos clothes have mixed up with my weekday clothes. I take out my, I'm thinking it's weekday clothes and inadvertently I took out my Shabbos clothes. That's Hasachadas. They're, they're Tameh. And the third one, the two women who get their clothes mixed up and then uh, we're saying that they're, when, they, when, when they realized that it wasn't theirs that they were watching, it's Tameh because it wasn't theirs. So the Gemara has a kasha. What are you talking about? Someone sticks his hand into a basket to take out a loaf of wheat bread. He's going for the wheat bread. But as a mistake, a barley bread came up in his hand. 
Are you going to tell me that the barley bread became tummy? Meaning, are you going to tell me that he, he thought you were assuming, right, while you're taking it, for that brief moment when you're taking out that you're thinking you got wheat bread and it's really barley bread, so you have a mistake about what's in your hands. You have a mistake about what you're guarding. Are you going to tell me that that's Hesach Hadas and it becomes tummy? That's the Gemara's like, way of being, basically saying this is ludicrous. I mean, if you're going to tell me that's true, you look at a price. Somebody's guarding a barrel, assuming that it is wine. It's closed in the barrel. He thinks it's wine. He really finds that it is oil. So what's the halacha term of the It's tar in the, in, in the sense that it doesn't make any, things to, any, other, any other things tamay. Meaning that we don't assume just because you thought it was wine and was really oil, we don't assume that it's a hasach that now it can be matami other things, we assume it's tamay that it would pass on tumma to other things. So what do we see? Even though you had a mistake about it was, you thought it was wine and really it was oil, we don't say that now the guarding is no good and the, oil, and the barrel and that, that now is discovered to be oil is considered a tamay thing that would pass on tumma to other things. So what do I see? Just because I didn't know what it was, I thought it was wine and really it was oil, it doesn't mean it's not a shmira. We were assuming until now the three examples is that if you don't know what you're watching, it's not considered to be a good shmira, and therefore there's a psul, it's called that it's tameh. And the Gemara is saying, but, but we see here that where it's the wine, and, and then it finds out that it was really oil. We don't, we don't say that the, the, the oil is considered tameh to pass on tameh to other things. It is considered guarded. So the Gemara counters, according to what you're saying, you're proving from here that even though you didn't know what it was, it's still considered guarded. What did the Brisa say? Even though the oil doesn't pass on to other things, but the Brisa says, you're not allowed to eat the oil. Since when you guarded it, you thought it was wine, it says you can't eat it. So it seems this is disqualified. Am I? Why should that be? In other words, where it seems to be saying that the guarding was like half like was half successful. <laughs> you were you thought it was wine and really it was oil. So we're saying it doesn't pass on to, it's not tummy that it's so tummy that it will pass on tumma to another food, but it is disqualified because you had a mistake. So what's going on? So Amar Birmiya, no, the reason why you can't eat it is not because of the mistake of the wine and the oil. It was because of a different scenario. Bowman, the scenario was that a person was saying, I guarded it from, from becoming Tameh, from something that would make it Tameh. But I didn't guard it from something that would only make it possible. Just to understand, Tameh is a terminology that's used when something becomes not only Tameh, but so Tameh that it would pass on Tameh to something else. For example, if a dead rodent, if an avatoma would touch a food, the food would become so Tameh that it would be able to, if it would touch another food, it would make even the second food Tameh. That's called Tameh. Puzzle means it's disqualified, it's, it's, it's become contaminated, but it's not so contaminated that it would pass on the tumma to something else. So let's say, for example, it's full yom or something like that, would touch something. Someone was like just with small vestiges of tumma, then he would maybe disqualify it, but he wouldn't make a tumma so tumma that it would pass on the tumma to something else. So this person watching it says, you know what? I was watching it from becoming so tummy that, that nothing that would make it so tummy would pass on tummy to something else. Like, I was careful a rodent didn't touch this, but I wasn't so careful to make sure that no, nothing that would disqualify it made contact with it. So that's the reason why you can't eat it, but you're able to assume that it's not gonna pass on tummy to somebody else is because the guy did like a half job. He guarded it from making sure that it didn't, it didn't come in contact with something that would be matame to the extent that it would pass on tummy to something else, but he didn't guard it for making contact with something that would just disqualify it. That's why you can't eat it. So we're saying really the reason why it, you can't eat it has nothing to do with the fact that there was a mistake between wine and oil. That's totally fine. We can overlook that because Elisa, you were guarding it. The reason, you, the reason why you can't 
why you can't eat it is because the guy wasn't doing such a good job when he was guarding it. He was only guarding it to make sure it didn't make contact with something that would be metamiyat, not from something that would possible. Says the Gemara, just we're off on a tangent a little bit. Amika and Jerusalem Palga, is there ever such a thing as half guarding? Meaning, if a guy was warding, watching it from something, but not other things. Well, maybe that's just like something that undermines the whole guarding. If you say, is there such a thing I can half guard something? I was making sure it didn't become dumb. I wasn't making sure it didn't become fossil. <laughs> if, you were, if you're not doing a good job, then maybe your whole job is worthless. So the Gemara says, no, your person could do a half job. In, we see that, but I'll tell you, it says in the price, someone stuck his hands into a basket. The basket had some fruit in it. And the basket was on his shoulder. From my grave was there was also some sort of shovel, some sort of clee in the basket. When the person was, was doing this, his mind was on the basket and the fruit. But he wasn't concentrating on the shovel. So meaning, he was guarding the basket and the fruit from becoming tame, but he was not guarding the clee. So he's thinking and concentrating and watching about the basket and the fruit. He's not watching about the shovel. So what's the law? The basket and the fruit is tahar, but the shovel is tame. Okay, very interesting. So now we first have to analyze this price. Asal tar, how is the basket tar? It's a tamay magrifal asal. If the shovel is becoming tamay because he wasn't watching the shovel, so then let the shovel uh, disqualify the basket, right? The shovel is tamay and is touching the basket. So the Gemara explains because ink clean, matame clean. One clean is not matame, another clean. What happens? Let's assume the worst. A dead rodent, let's say, touches the shovel. So the shovel became tame. But now it's only at a weak level, it's only a reshow. A Rishon isn't metami a Kli. A Kli only means Makabal Toma from an Av. Foods, it works Rishon, Shani, maybe Shlishi and Raviv, for Kodesh, so on and so forth. But a Kli can only be Makabal Toma from a Avatoma. So if an Avatoma touched a Kli and made it Tame, it's only a Rishon. So the Kli is not going to be Metame a second Kli. So even if the shovel did become Tame, but the basket is not going to become Tame. So the, the shovel is Tame because you weren't trying to guard the shovel. But the basket is remaining Tar because we are, you were guarding the basket and nothing Tame touched the basket. And even though the shovel is presumed to be Tame and the shovel has contact with the basket, but a Kli is not Metame another Kli. Okay, great. So the basket is not Tame. For the Tame Masher but let the shovel contaminate what's inside the basket, meaning the fruit that's inside the basket should become tummy because fruit could be makabal tumma from a tummy kli. So if let's say, assume the worst, a dead rodent touches the shovel. The shovel is now a rishon. The shovel is making contact with the fruit. So let the fruit become tummy. So Amaravina must be it's this scenario. I guarded the shovel from something that would make it so tummy that it would get to a pass on tumma. But I didn't guard it from something that would only possible it. So meaning he was saying when it said that he wasn't guarding the shovel, doesn't mean that he wasn't guarding it at all. He guarded it from, let's say, he was careful to make sure that no dead rodent touched it. Because if indeed if a dead rodent would touch it and it would make it like a rishon, it would pass on tumma to the food. He was careful. He was careful for it. But the case was that he, 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 he was careful to make sure it didn't become a rishon. But he wasn't careful to make sure that the shovel didn't become a so it's possible that the, the shovel did become a shani, but even in that case, it wouldn't pass on tumma to the fruit because ordinary food tumma, unless it's trimar kachim, doesn't go past shani. So that is the case that we're dealing with. Now, it's an interesting case. You have, really have to be a little bit creative here. Tosa struggles. What's a case where a kli can become a shani and not a rishon? Because that's what's going on. He's saying, I guarded it from something. I guarded the shovel from making sure it didn't become Tummah that it would pass on Tummah, meaning I guarded it from having contact with an Avatummah that would make it a Rishon and pass on Tummah to make the, the, the fruit a Shani, but I didn't guard it from making it disqualified. I didn't guard the shovel from making contact with a Rishon that would make it a Shani. What's the case? Is there any such case? I thought we say in Kli Matame Kli, right? Don't we say that a Kli cannot be contaminated in other Kali? A Kli is only Makabal Tummah from an Avarisha. So you have to come up very creative, tons of struggles to come up with such a case. Why the, if he was guarding it from an Av, 
to make sure it didn't become a rishon. So what's the case where we're still saying the shavuot is disqualified because maybe it became, it, became, it became disqualified? What is the scenario of that? Tosa struggles with that. That's a strong question. But at any rate, after we clean up the mess from this brisa, we see that there's something called half guarding. Half guarding is I could be guarding something to make sure it didn't become level X of Tama, but I didn't I wasn't so good to make sure it didn't become level Y of Tama. Like there's such a concept. And going back to our Brisa that we had before, where somebody was guarding wine and he thought it was wine and it turned out to be oil, the Brisa said an interesting thing. It's tar that it's not metame other things, but it's still disqualified to eat. So we were like, what is going on? So we explained the reason it's disqualified from eating, even though it's tar from passing on Tama, is that the person is the scenario was the person was guarding it uh, he was careful to make sure it didn't become in contact with something that would make it so tame that it would pass on Tama. He was careful to make sure it didn't make contact with an Avatoma that would make it a Rishon and pass on Tama to a Shani. But he wasn't careful to make sure that it didn't come in contact with a Rishon that would make it a Shani. Like that was the case. And we're saying that's a half Shemira. So the Shemira is, you know that it's not tar to pass on Tama, but it's still disqualified to eat. But, so what, what's still the takeaway that we have? Getting back to our whole Sogil. We still have a difficulty. What's our difficulty? How to copy here? We originally were saying that if I give a mistake about what it is that I'm watching, let's say it's, you know, our friends um, at the pool, where the two women were at the bathhouse and they, they swapped clothing. And so they thought they were watching their own clothing and really they're watching their friends. We said it's tame. We seem to be saying if you don't know what you're watching, then automatically that's, a, that's tame. You have to assume the worst. Here we see otherwise. Here we see that when you were watching the barrel of wine and it turned out it was oil, we don't say that your disqualification is worthless. Whatever you were watching it from, it is considered valid. So how come we were saying in the case for the women who mixed up their, 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 their clothing that it is Tameh? But oh, Frank Gemara, another question, another proof that just because you don't know what you're watching, it doesn't mean it's not what guarding. Moses Rabbi Ravua, Maisa Bishachas, was a story with one woman. Shabbos of Nebuchadnezzar, she came in front of Yishmael. She said, I'm a little Rebbe. Begazay She said, I made this garment when I was pure. But I wasn't concentrating it. She, she, she openly admits, I wasn't really concentrating on it, but I'm telling you, nothing happened. Okay? So she was certain that there was no issue in the Tumah, but she hadn't really been conscious, proactively, like, guarding it during that process. So Rabbi Yishmael, again, the rabbi said that if you don't guard it, if you're not conscious about it, then it's Tameh. But this woman, she's almost like mocking the rabbi. She's saying, I wasn't conscious on it, but I'm telling you, it's not Tameh. So Rabbi Shmuel started interrogating her back and forth, and what happened? We told Padikos Rabbi Yishmael both. Rabbi Shmuel started asking her so many questions. Finally, she said, "I'm a, I'm a little Rabbi. Nida Actually, there was my friend. There was a Nida who, who drew together with me from the rope that was attached here on the loom when I was making the beggar. So basically, through the interrogations, her memory was jogged, and she realized that her friend the Nida had helped her tie the rope to the loom, which made the, everything tame because of Heset. Heset is an interesting thing when you make something new move. When the woman was a Nida, it becomes tame. So Amr Rabbi Shmuel exclaimed, "How great are the words of Chama Shayom?" They said, "If you're consciously guarding it, it is tar. If you didn't have in mind to guard it, it is tame. If you don't consciously make an effort to guard it, even if you say afterwards, yeah, but I know nothing was metame. If you weren't thinking." about it in the moment, the fact that afterwards you say, let me think, was there anything to tell me? Nope, that's not good enough. And you see, that's what happened in the story. Rabbi Yishmael had quizzed her, he interrogated her, and eventually she remembered something that had occurred. And another story in the same way. This is another story. The woman who came in front of Yishmael, Amrlo, she said, Rabbi, this cloth I made when I was tar. But I wasn't having in mind to guard it. So she said again, I made the cloth when I was tar, but I wasn't consciously guarding it. And through all the interrogations, Rabbi Shmuel asked her, Amalo, she said, Rabbi, Nima Nifzikoli, where there's a thread that I was using, it snapped, so I tied it using my mouth. 
So she hadn't begun to weave, but the thread snapped and she died. Now, she was in Nida, so there was spit that she had using it with her mouth that definitely was on it. And she didn't think much of it because it was just a thread. A thread is not yet the size that can be Makabotoma, but eventually when the thread got to beggar and you had a, a cloth there that was the size that Makabotoma, maybe it was still wet from the spit, from the Zav, and maybe at that, from, from the Nida or Zav, and at that point it was Metame. So she hadn't been thinking along those terms because she hadn't been consciously trying to guard it. But once all the questions and interrogations came out, then this new concern came out that she was tying the thread with her mouth and the spit was there and it was still there maybe when it became the size that it, could, it was susceptible to Toma. So now, Amar Bishmal, again, the same, the same reaction. How great are the words of the rabbi? They said, if you're actually consciously trying to guard a tar, it's assumed to be tar. If you didn't have a mind to guard it, it is Tameh. So what do we see from this story? So this is where the Gemara gets a little bit hard. Now, the Lashon over here, this is the way Rashi understands the Gemara. The Lashon is, if you had a mind to guard it, it is Tameh. It is tar. If you didn't have a mind to guard it, it is Tameh. And if you see in the stories, what happened was is that because you didn't have in mind the interrogations brought about, that really the, what happened was that it became Tame. So you see that it's all about the accuracy of it being Tar or it being Tame. Somebody thought it was Tar, but because they weren't consciously guarding it, it was discovered that the reality was that it was Tame. Now, it wasn't so much, and this is really the point, and this is really where we get to the heavy lumdus of Shmira. You could understand Shmira in a different way. Shmira could be understood that if, if you're Mesiach Das from the item, that itself that you were Mesiach Das is a psul. It's a din of Tumah, even irrespective of whether or not it became Tameh. Meaning the rabbi said you have to guard it. It's a, because they want you to be vigilant. And if you're not vigilant with it, if you're not guarding it, the fact itself that you're not vigilantly guarding it is a reason for it to be tummy. Not because now of the percentage and the chance that it is tummy. Even without that point. Even without the fact that if I was guarding it, it might actually be tummy. The fact itself that you aren't vigilant guarding it, the rabbis decreed it as a tummy item. You could have understood it that way. Or you could say, no, the pshat is that if you weren't guarding it, maybe it actually became tummy. Which one is the correct one? In these two stories, we see that what's correct is that if you weren't carefully guarding it, maybe it became tummy. Because that's exactly the whole, the whole dialogue. The woman comes, she says, I didn't guard it. But I'm telling you, I didn't become Tameh. So Rabbi Yishmael could have said, so then the rabbi said, that's the din of Hasachadas. If you weren't vigilant, that itself is a din of Tumah. That's not what he said. He interrogated her and he jogged her memory. And they discovered that it really was Tameh. So you see that it's all about the reality of it becoming Tameh. It's not about the Hasachadas itself. Not being careful with it is itself a Metameh. The pshat is, if you're not careful, maybe really the reality is that it's Tameh. Why does that make such a difference to our sugya? Because in our sugya, when I'm not careful about what it is that I'm watching, I know I'm watching it. I'm exactly watching it. I'm standing over it and I'm vigilant to make sure nothing's being metame. But I don't know what I'm watching. So if you want to tell me it's a lumdus of hesachadas, I could hear that it's tummy. Because even though you're guarding it, but if you're not careful about what it is, then maybe the rabbi said that's called hesachadas. You're not vigilant about it. You have a mistake about what it is. And then we could understand that the item is Tameh even though you were guarding it. But if you tell me it's all about the reality, whether or not it became Tameh, then who cares if I don't know what it is? There's still no possibility that it became Tameh. I was guarding it. So that's what the Kamar's question is. Once I see that it's all about whether it became Tameh, it's not Stam that if I was Mesiyah Tas, I wasn't being careful and vigilant, then that itself is Metameh. So then we have no reason to think that just because you didn't know what it is that you're guarding, that it should be Tameh. So now we're going to go through all the cases. Remember, we had three cases. 
The first case is I told somebody else to pick up my bag and he gives it to me, it's tummy. The second case, I mixed up my Shabbos clothes with my clothes, they're tummy. And the third case is two women swapped clothing and were saying they're tummy. So the Gemara says, Bish, the last case where the women slap clo- swap clothing, we could say, each woman says to herself, I don't know who my friend is, right? In other words, I don't really trust her. Maybe she's really the wife of Menam So therefore, she doesn't guard it. In other words, really, she doesn't guard it. That's why it's Tameh. It's not Tameh because she was guarding something that she thought was hers and it really was her friend's. The Vard is, when she realizes it's not her clothing, she doesn't watch it. That's the point. She's assuming whoever took my clothing is not watching. I don't trust anybody. Nobody's trusting each other. She says that my, the, my, my other one, the other one is an Amaret. So as soon as she realizes that she exchanges the, with her neighbor that she suspects is an Amaret, so then she no longer guards it for her neighbor because she assumes her neighbor is an Amaret. That's the shot. So that's why she's talking, not guarding it. That's why it's Tameh. The Rabbi Yonas of an Amram and Ami, Rabbi Yonas of an Amri in the case of the Shabbos clothing and the weekday clothing got mixed up. A person usually guards his Shabbos clothing even more zealously. You're usually more careful with your Shabbos clothing. You're going to be more careful with the laws of Tum and Tar and Shabbos, even though you don't have to. It's just that's the mindset of a person. That on Shabbos, you're a little bit more careful. So therefore, because you switched them, you thought there was a weekday clothing. When you were taking them out, you guarded them only as much as you normally guard your weekday ones. So you could say, you didn't guard them on the same level. So in other words, it's not stamina, it was a random exchange, you didn't know what it was. It's more than that. You talk a word guarding it on the same level because you normally guard your Shabbos clothes a little bit better. So therefore, since the, there was a lessening in the level of the guarding, the rabbis considered it a full hazachadas and maybe a taka became tamay. Fine, we could understand that as well. But the one case we cannot understand, in the case where I told, I dropped my, my garment on the friend, I dropped my towels, and I tell my friend, pick it up for me, why can't I guard it when my friend is picking it up? So Bishlam, if you tell me there's like some random new din of Hesachadas, and maybe there's halacha that if you put it, if it's in your friend's hands as opposed to yours, even if you're guarding it, it's no good. But if you tell me that it's just all about the reality of becoming Tame, so then why can't I guard what is in my friend's hands? What is the big deal? So the Gemara explains, there's a presumption you don't guard what's in your friend's hand. A very interesting thing. And the person who retrieved it as well is not guarding it when it's in his own hand because he says, here, my friend asked me to pick it up. Like, how, how negligent is he? He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know if I went to the mikvah. So if he told me to pick it up, I'm not watching it. He probably doesn't care about the tumah. And when the guy who told him to pick it up, he's not guarding it. There's a presumption you don't guard what's in your friend's hands. Very interesting thing. The guarding thing, you only do what's under your hands, what's under your possession. If I told somebody to pick it up, I'm not guarding it. So that's the shot why it's dumb because nobody's guarding it in the moment that it's being picked up. So the Gemara is defending, really, it's all about the reality of it becoming dumb. Really, it's all about the shmir. And if you're not doing the shmir, we suspect that it became dumb in the interim. Just the far here is that nobody is guarding it while it's being picked up. Very interesting thing. It's like, I told him to pick it up. So I'm not guarding it when he's picking up and he's not picking it up because he's like, this guy I clearly doesn't care if it's Tommy or Tari doesn't know who I am. So nobody watched it in that moment and therefore it's Tommy. Is that really true that people don't watch what's in their friend's hands? Tanya says in a Brisa, Someone hires a donkey driver and to, 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 to transport all of his tar items. Let's say the case is there are barrels. And barrels are made of earthenware. Earthenware, we have to remember the halacha. What's earthenware? Earthenware is metam, it only becomes tamay from the inside, not from the outside. So, so the question is, did the donkey drivers, maybe they were tamay, or maybe they, they, they have access to tamay people, so maybe somebody touches the inside of the barrel. I'm, I'm transporting the barrels with these donkey drivers. So what's the halacha? Even if the person who hired them, he distances themselves from them more than a mill, meaning it's pretty far away, he's far away from them, thousands of feet away. 
Taros of Taros, what, what was Tahar before, he could still assume his Tahar. He doesn't have to be concerned that they touched the barrel because since he didn't tell them how far he was going, so they're nervous he might show up any moment. So therefore, they're not going to, they're not nervous, uh, they're nervous he's going, to show, he's going to show up, so they're not going to touch the inside of the barrel. But if he said to them, go far, I'm going to come up later. So he kind of like, you know, pushes them away, like, I'm going to be away for a while. And as soon as they depart from his view, as soon as the, he can't see them anymore, Taros of Tameos, his star items now are Tameh. So the Bryce says there's a distinction between whether he tells them to go and he'll catch up or not. If he doesn't tell them to go far and catch up, he just sends them, so then everything's Tar because they're scared he's going to show up. But if he says, go and I'll come later, then everything is Tameh as soon as he can't see. So it says the Gemara, what's going on here? We would just said that a person never guards what's in his friend's hand. We just said if I drop my talus on the floor and I tell my friend to pick it up, then it's presumed to be tummy. Why? Because I don't guard what's in my friend's hands. So my shah reisha, my shah seva. What's between the reisha and the seva? Even in the reisha, it should be considered unguarded. As soon as I can, as soon as as soon as I give it to them, so it's in their hands. So I'm not guarding it. So it should be tummy. So in other words. What's going on here is that what we've been assuming is that they're not going to touch it because they're scared I'm going to show up. Okay. Basically, that's not better than me watching the thing in my friend's hand. In other words, if there's really a new rule, there's a presumption that we don't watch what's in the friend's hands. So the Gemara is equating it with, the, with this case. Let there be a certain assumption that they're not going to touch it because they're scared I'm going to show up. But the Gemara's question is, Lemaisa, that's no better than a case where I told my friend to pick it up. Just as over there, the presumption that what's in my friend's hands is considered unguarded. So to hear what's in their hands is considered unguarded. If we're concerned that they're Tommy and they, and they bet them, we should be concerned they might touch the inside of the barrel. The fact that you have some sort of external assumption that they wouldn't touch it because they're going to be scared I'm going to show up, that shouldn't be good enough because that's not considered me guarding under my possession. Very interesting lumbus. It's like a real like... They're not the same case. Here we're going to assume they're not going to touch it because they're scared they're going to show up. There with the prayer shawl, the idea is like whatever, whatever the shawl was that fell. The idea is more like you don't guard what's not in your hands. So what are they, why are they the same at all? But the idea of the Gemara is comparing is like a lumbus. Is there a guarding? Does guarding have to be something that's, that's under you? Or can it be from an external thing? So if, they, if it can be only what's under you, so then this assumption that they're not going to touch it because they're scared of you showing up shouldn't be good enough. That's the point of the Gemara. The Gemara says, The case was, you made them go to the mikvah before, they, before you hired them as a donkey driver. You knew they were Tomei. You know you don't trust them. You know you can't guard them unless it's under your jurisdiction. So you put them in the mikvah. You made them become tar before they handled it. So that's why in the ratio we're not concerned that the wine becomes Tomei. Because even if they did touch it, it's fine. They went to the mikvah. So Frank the Gemara, what's the obvious question? Then in the last case as well, you tell them, go far away and I'll show up later. If the donkey drivers are tar, then what's the problem? Says the Gemara, we're scared that they might meet up at the truck, you know, at the gas station with another donkey driver. They might meet up with another Amaretz and he might let his friend touch the inside of the barrel. He's not going to be mocking that his friend doesn't touch it. So therefore, that's why in the safe was talking. If the shot is that this donkey driver is going to be not mocking that his friend doesn't touch it, it's a in the first case as well. We're going in circles here. And very nice, you told the guy, and that's why in the ratio it's tar. But if you're saying he's not mocked on his friend touching it, and that's why it's tummy in the sefer, so in the ratio also it should be tummy. Says the Gemara, Bavalam Darachakal. So we're talking about a case that the boss could come in a way that they can't even notice, right? In other words, they could come, there's like some sort of shortcut or whatever it is that he could always show up at any moment. So therefore, in the ratio, they're not going to let their friends touch it. They're not going to let their friends touch it. 
and the Seifa as well, the wine should be dark. But since they said, go and I'll show up later, so they're confident he's not going to arrive for some time. That's the point. So basically, what happens here is that in the Reisha, he doesn't tell them when he's coming. In the Seifa, he says, go for some time and I'll show up later. In the Reisha, he, he, he was Matar, the donkey driver, so we don't have to be concerned that the donkey driver is touching it. So that's why we don't need, uh, you know, like a, it's not like the case where I'm watching something and I'm a friend of somebody else, because the donkey driver himself is known to be tar. The only concern would be that he might let his friend touch it. So if them talk to Gemara, the fact that you might show up at any moment, the fact that you could show up on some shortcut at any route and you didn't give them any, any, any security that you're not going to do that, so that automatically says that they're not going to let their friends touch it. So they're tar, you put them in the mikvah, they're not going to let their friends touch it because you could show up at any moment. So therefore, everything's good in the Reisha. Mashengen in the Seifa, where you said, go ahead, I'll follow later. So therefore, even though you were Matar, the donkey driver, but they have secure, you're not coming until later, and therefore, we're concerned that they're going to let their friend touch it. That's what we come out with. So let me just make a, a little summary of what we learned today. These are some difficult concepts. The concepts aren't so hard, but some of the cases are hard and just putting it all together. We're basically learning about an idea that to really make sure something is tar, the rabbis say it's not enough that like you don't know it became tummy. To really know that something is tar, you have to be guarding it. There's a concept of guarding. And if you're Mesiyah Das from guarding, you're not consciously guarding it, that's not, then it's no good. Even if you say, yeah, but I don't think it became tummy, that's not good enough. You have to really guard it. What's the concept of guarding? There's two ways to look at guarding. Guarding can be looked at in a way that if you didn't guard it, then maybe really it would game Tame. Or it could be a, a greater, like a life unto its own, that if I didn't guard it, if I wasn't vigilant from guarding it, that itself is a reason for it to become Tame, irrespective of whether or not it did. The Gemara is ultimately telling us that it's all the first way. It's all about the possibility of it becoming Tame, tame as we saw with the stories with Rabbi Shmuel and the women, where because they weren't uh, consciously guarding it, the, the, all the interrogations proved that really it was Tame. Even though that's the case, we still see a very interesting thing. If two women mix up their garment, even though they seem to be guarding it, it's Tame. If you, if you get mixed up in your weekday clothing, your Shabbos clothing, it's Tame. If you drop your shawl and you tell your friend to get it, it's Tame. How do we understand? Lamaisa was being guarded. So the Gemara tells us three concepts. First of all, where two people mix up things, it's Tame because they each assume that their friend is an Amaharetz and therefore they're not guarding it. The guarding stops. Your Shabbos clothing and your weekday clothing, you don't guard it on the same level, so therefore it's Tame. And therefore, because you weren't guarding on the same level, maybe Ataka became Tame. And then the, the last one, which is the hardest one, if I tell my friend to pick something up, nobody's guarding it in that moment. Nobody's being conscious about it. Because there's a concept, you don't guard what's in your friend's hands. That's the idea. The Gemara struggled with this, because then why is it in the price when I give my, my wine to the donkey driver, I could assume it's tar just because he's scared I'm going to show up. But that's like guarding in my friend's hands. And the Gemara explains that the donkey drivers were put in the mikvah, and that's why there was no concern. In the safer, I didn't tell them I was coming, we, were, we, 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 we had to be choshes that they let their friend, the Amaharetz, touch it. Okay, Hadrallah and Darshan, we're going to stop here. We're gonna, I know there's still some left, but tomorrow's a short daf, and it's a new sit and a new parrot, so we'll start it on tomorrow.